I'm Dan. I'm Alice. And today we'll be looking into the Americas, starting with North America. Before I begin this part of the series, these are the Native American stories, and there are still some people who believe in many of the stories that I will be telling, just as there's still many people who believe Genesis occurred. As well as basically every other religion we've covered thus far, to be fair. I will be doing my best to be respectful, and I'll still make a few quips, just because then it's more fun for me to talk about and for other people to listen. However, I do not mean to undermine anyone's beliefs. In addition, I will not be doing the story of every native North American tribe, just because there are so many of them, and I'm clearly not doing every single creation story ever because... Additionally, with that sort of research, I think it might be nigh impossible to do so, given how some were lost to time. Well, even just the ones that we know about is way too many for me to even consider trying. We would be here for literal years. Yeah. I did try to get a fairly wide variety from around North America. So hopefully we do get at least some look at the differences and similarities. Also, this story is what I could find online. I looked it up and I tried to find reputable sources, as I do with all of them, but I apologize if I make a mistake. Please feel free to let us know I made a mistake and I will do my absolute best to correct it. I will be doing my best, but there is a fair chance that I will mispronounce some things, so please know that I am trying my best, but I can only do so much. And I admit to having my tongue Englishified. <laughs> so I don't know if I can pronounce a lot of things. We already have many an outtake of a certain someone being unable to pronounce other words, so. Oh, yeah, and the these are time. English words, too. This wasn't even like words I was trying. I was sitting there and I was like, hmm. They make for fun bloopers, let me tell you. Uh huh. At any rate. We begin, as always, with the four elements that are fairly common between creation stories. Separation, succession of power, ascent of male over female, and dragon slaying. Woohoo! Our first story is going to be that of the Cherokee people. So very quickly, I will give some information on the Cherokee people. So they originate from the southeastern part of what is now considered the United States. Their land was predominantly in the Appalachian Mountains, where now we have the parts of the states of Georgia, Tennessee, and the Carolinas. My condolences to any non-U.S. viewers. Yeah, yeah, I apologize. I'm so sorry, guys. It is the southeastern part of, of what is now considered the United States, and that's about all you roughly need to know. <laughs> yeah. So, Cherokee is not actually really what they call themselves, and many prefer to be referred to as Ketua, or Tsalagi. They are one of the five largest tribes in that area, and numbered at around 22,500 in 1650. Which, given um, the already European presence, is quite impressive. Yeah. On to the story. The world was only water, and all animals lived above it. Which, very interesting side note, this story doesn't have any humans in it which I find very fascinating and unusual. You know, fair enough. Because it's not even, like, 
gods or anything which are kind of similar to humans, it's only animals. Anyway, the sky was becoming crowded. Because of this, they wanted to know what was beneath the water. So Dionysi, which is the name for water beetle, went to explore. He went everywhere and couldn't find solid ground. And when he dove down, there was only mud. Then the mud started to enlarge and spread, and it became the earth as we know it. One of the animals attached this land to the sky with four strings so it would stay up. Oh, never stop innovating. <laughs> but the land was still wet, all muddy and all that stuff. So they sent down the great buzzard, Galun Lati, to prepare it. By the time he reached the area that would become the Cherokee land, he was tiring. So his wings began to hit the ground. This formed mountains and valleys, so must have been a huge bird. Like, wow, the dinosaurs could never. Well, explains why he was able to cool down the earth like that. So after that, the animals decided it was too dark, so they made the sun. With the sun, they could admire the newly created earth around them. Fantastic. Air traffic must have become easier, too. Uh-huh. I find it very interesting, actually, that they put, like, a lot of importance on animals. And they're very clearly respectful of animals because of this. Which, I mean, makes sense given what I remember of a lot of Native, and I believe in particular uh, in, you know, this region their treatment of animals and using like every part and only you know killing what was necessary because of their respect for the nature and the animals that were in it. Mm-hmm. I think we could all do with uh, a little bit more respect towards everything. Yeah. It's also very interesting because there doesn't actually seem to be any sort of divine being at all. There are animals and such and they are clearly treated as anthropomorphic but the Cherokee don't seem to have exactly a god figure, which is a very uncommon thing throughout many of the creation stories, even the ones that we look at in the future. Have we even covered one without a god thus far? I don't think so. The only one is, I believe, Wiccans, and only when you're in certain branches of it. Yeah. I can remember there being an actual absence of a god, so go them. (laughs) Yeah. It's also very interesting to me because they also seem to respect, like, beetles, like water beetles, because that's the one that was sent down and stuff. And considering how many people are afraid of insects, or at least people in the Western worlds who are used to cushy homes. Anyway, just thought I would point that out. So, on to the different aspects of the creation story. There's separation. There's a clear difference between the earth, the sky, and the land, and the sun. They're all shown to be very different, and there's also clearly very many different animals and all that stuff. Then there's succession. It's not exactly present, though I suppose there is some element of this in the fact that things kind of clearly come one after another, like the beetle dives down, finds mud, the mud swells, they attach the earth at the four corners, etc, etc. Then there's male over female. This is also not exactly present, as there are no gods or human characters. Though the main animals are referred to with he-him pronouns, so I suppose this could be considered as having males over females, 
though I can't be totally sure that this isn't a translator decision. So that one's up in the air, I would say. Yeah, definitely. Then there's Dragon Slaying. There isn't too much of an enemy to defeat. I suppose the Great Buzzard preparing a land for all of the others could kind of be counted, just because it's like it's kind of like tackling a problem. But I'm not totally sold on that. Yeah, I don't know if that would count, especially not in the way that most interpret creation stories and dragon slang in general. Yeah, definitely. Also, we do stand the buzzard. Ah, we do. As you may be able to tell, the four main elements that classists find in most creation stories are not really there. So, just something to think about a little bit. There is a lot of ways that these stories differ from other ones, and this could somewhat be impacted by their geographic isolation from the area of Afro-Eurasia, because there was trade and travel through those areas, like the Silk Road for a long time, which did trade a lot of ideas. I'll be interested to see how many similarities there are between this story and the other Native American stories, as well as those that go into South and Central America. Definitely. So next time, we'll be talking about the Arapaho creation story. For now, thanks for listening, folks. And we'll catch you next time.